Welcome back to the big broadcast. Here's your host, Mike Martini and Mark Magistrelli. Kicking off this hour, we're going to check in with the man who can make himself invisible at will. Wouldn't that be a great uh, little talent to have? Seriously, we have all these facial recognition devices. We have all these cameras. We are just bombarded with so many visual images of ourselves. Wouldn't it be nice to not be seen? Now, he could cloud men's minds, but could he cloud a TV camera surveillance? They didn't even think about that back when this episode came out in 1937. I don't know. They got into that. Did they? Yes, they did. So he didn't show up on TVs. We we keep forgetting TV was talked about. People thought that they were going to have it. Of course, the Depression got in the way. But what? This is from 37 by 39. You know, we've seen the pictures of David Sarnoff and the RCA television exhibit, which launched television. But, you know, think about it. If he couldn't interfere with the television lenses, certainly in the age of rabbit ears and roof aerials, he could have just gotten some static going. (laughs) Right? That's true. That's all you need. That's true. Just like the TV is at where I live in Indiana. From November 1937, Orson Welles' The Shadow on tonight's big broadcast. <laughs> Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? <laughs> Shadow knows. Blue Cold presents The Shadow, the mystery man who strikes terror in the very hearts of shopsters, lawbreakers, and criminals. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear The Shadow's blood-curdling laugh, you can be sure that exciting entertainment will follow. And here's something else that you can be sure of. When you buy Blue Cold you're getting the finest of Pennsylvania hard coal. The harmless blue coloring that identifies blue coal is your guarantee of clean, even, safe, dependable heat all winter long. So don't take chances. Insist on blue coal. Ask for it by name. Phone your order to your nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow. And be sure to hold on for John Barclay's important message at the end of this program. The plot murder announced for today has been postponed. Today, the circle of death. Oh, Jack, what a delightful show. What a wonderful way to start our honeymoon. Darling, when it comes to shows and girls, I'm a swell picker. Now watch me pick a nightclub. Oh, taxi. Hey, taxi. Darling, I think you're wonderful. I've never had such a marvelous time in my life. Hop in, honey. Well, things are pretty quiet around the theater district tonight, Bill. Yeah, pretty thin crowd. I don't blame folks for staying away. After those three bombings and 15 people being blown to pieces, I wouldn't be here myself if it wasn't the commissioner's orders. Same here. Boy, has this town got the jitters. Commissioner Weston's hopping around like a cat on a hot stove. I hear the Midtown Association is going to ask for his resignation if he don't catch the nut that's scattering bombs around here like confetti on New Year's Eve. 
A guy that's pulling these jobs sure must have it in for a lot of people. Yeah, he's a real screwball, if you ask me. Look at the way he's always sending warnings to the newspapers before he blows another batch of pedestrians to Hades. Yeah, and have you noticed? He always ends his notes by saying, I hate crowds. Yeah. Now, this is the time that crazy goof warned he'd set off another blast. Maybe his, his watch is slow. Things are going to pop if he pulls another job and kills any more people. Well, maybe... Maybe all the cops have him scared off. Maybe. Maybe not. Bill, look at that car. Blown to smithereens. Senseless and insane, Margot. Crimes like this always are. Turn on the radio. It's time for a news bulletin. There's a switch on the dashboard. All right, Lamont. Inefficiency of the police department. Tonight at Midtown Hall, a meeting of businessmen of the entertainment world and property owners is in progress. Police Commissioner Weston has been asked to defend his department and produce results or resign. Mm, that's enough, Margot. Washington, D.C. Now listen carefully. Yes, Lamont. I want you to go to that protest meeting right over there at Midtown Hall. Commissioner Weston is speaking, and the crowd is pretty certain to heckle his explanation of the failure of his department to catch this fiend. I'm sure of it. Now, here's what I want you to do. Keep quiet and watch your chance. Then I want you to cry out that Shadow could solve this crime without half trying. Aren't you flattering yourself? Never mind that, Margot. I have a very definite reason for doing this. A lot depends on your getting the crowd to take up your suggestion. I'll do my best, Lamont. But where are you going? I won't be far away. Hand me that leather case on the floor. Here you are. Am I permitted enough womanly curiosity to ask what's in it? <laughs> Just a little wire-tapping device. Telephone? No. No, Commissioner Weston will be talking over the loudspeaker system in Midtown Hall. Don't be surprised if the shadow interrupts his speech. Now, remember, Margot, cry out at the psychological moment. Hundreds of lives depend on it. Yes, he's tipped us off occasionally, but it may have been to get rid of rivals. 
We have no assurance he isn't a criminal himself. What of us? A thief can catch a thief. I don't run my department that way. You're not running it at all. That's a matter of opinion. You're not running it. I was asked here to tell you what we've been doing. You seem to think my department works with the shadow. We don't. We never have. And as for the shadow and you reporters can spread it all over the front pages, I challenge him to uncover one single scrap of evidence that my men have overlooked. I challenge the shadow to find this maniac. I am the shadow. I accept that challenge, Commissioner Wesson. I am working on the case. Gentlemen of the press, it will not be necessary for you to print the commissioner's challenge, but you can print this challenge. To the arch-fiend behind this reign of terror. Print this, gentlemen. The shadow will trap the masked killer if he dares walk through the central arcade during the rush hour between five and six tomorrow night. Remember, the central arcade between five and six tomorrow night. I dare him to come to walk through the central arcade. <laughs> <laughs> That's two cents, mister. Uh, here's your two cents. Well, thanks. Here's the paper. No, no, no. Not that one on top. People, crowds have seen it. Well, so what? They're all the same. No, no, no. Give me that one underneath. Okay. The customer's always right. Hey, the mass murderer challenged by the shadow. That's your extra paper. <laughs> the central arcade tomorrow. Mm, so he's daring me, the shadow fellow. He knows I hate crowds. Crowds and people pushing and getting in my way. Voices talking and shouting. I hate them. I hate them. But I'll show them. I'll show the shadow fella, too. I'll fool all of them. I'll accept his challenge. I'll be there at the Central Arcade. And the shadow fella will know I was there. <laughs> the whole world will know. <laughs> After I've gone... Orders have been carried out, Commissioner Weston. Good. There'd better not be any slip-ups. 200 patrolmen are stationed in the neighborhood of the Central Arcade. 50 picked men of the plainclothes and bomb squad will be in the crowd. If there is a crowd... There'll be a mob after all the publicity. If I could get my hands on the shadow, I'd wring his neck for this. Uh, what time is it? A little after four, sir. We'd better get down there pretty soon. Yes, sir. Shall I take that call, sir? No. I've been waiting for this. And if it's who I think it is... Hello. Hello. <laughs> Listen to me, Shadow. No, Commissioner Weston. You listen to me. I'm listening. Quick, Connors, trace this call. Yes, sir. Don't bother, Commissioner. You can't trace this call. I tapped a line. 
just as I tapped the Midtown loudspeaker system last night. So that's how you pulled that crazy stunt. You're a fool, Shadow. Don't you realize you've endangered the lives of thousands of people? Nothing will happen if you do not interfere. I don't take my orders from you, Shadow. You're not running the police department. I'm not giving orders, but I need your help. Just do one thing for me, and you and not the Shadow will get the credit for the capture of the mass killer. Oh, yes? Well, what do you want? Just keep the crowd moving through the narrow arcade. Just keep them moving. Keep them moving. Everything depends on that. What are you trying to do, Shadow? To find a needle in a haystack. A man in a million. You haven't a chance. The maniac won't come. You overlook the fact that a dare is a powerful psychological magnet that no egotistical crazed mind can resist. Just keep that crowd moving, Commissioner. Keep them moving. (laughs) When you start figuring ways and means to save money for Christmas gifts, fuel is probably the last thing that comes to mind. Naturally, you don't want to jeopardize the health and comfort of your family... But did you know that you can actually have better heat for less money simply by burning blue coal? Here's why. Blue coal is a rich Pennsylvania anthracite, the fuel that furnaces, space heaters, and cooking ranges in this part of the country were especially designed to burn. And while other fuel prices are advancing, the cost of anthracite is not. No wonder thousands of homeowners are switching back to anthracite. No wonder anthracite is the fuel that is used for cooking purposes on the nation's cracked passenger trains. They have tested all kinds of fuel and found that anthracite is far more economical because it burns long, steadily, evenly, with minimum drafts and less attention. Now, the cream of all Pennsylvania anthracite is blue coal. It comes from the mines of the famous Glen Alden Coal Company. It's tested and retested for purity and uniform sizing. Blue coal is prepared especially for home use, and it comes in all domestic sizes, egg, stove, chestnut, and pea. So if you want clean, even, dependable heat at lowest cost, always order Blue Coal. Phone your nearest Blue Coal dealer tomorrow. You'll find his name listed in the where-to-buy-it section of your classified telephone directory under the name Blue Coal. Yes. Two minutes to six. Oh, this is the longest hour I've ever spent in my life. Can you beat it the way people have flocked here on the chance of seeing somebody else blown to bits by this maniac? Looks like the shadow was right. The way they've been swarming through this arcade. Yeah, and watching each other like a bunch of wild animals. You see what happened to that poor guy with the Christmas box? I nearly killed him before we got him out. All he had was a doll for his kid. I saw it. Well, the time's up, Commissioner. Yes. Thank heavens. Any orders, sir? Just keep the men on duty till this crowd thins out. They'll be going home now. Commissioner! 
Commissioner Weston, look. What is it? The maniac. He's been here. Look at this piece of paper. Where'd you get it? In the arcade. He must have dropped it. What's it say, Commissioner? Tell that shadow fellow I'll kill me a lot more people at 11 o'clock tonight. Oh, I was afraid something had happened something to him. Something has. I found the maniac. Thank heavens. Have you notified the police? Margot, this man is a fiend. If I notified the police and they bungle things, he might kill hundreds of people. This is a job that the shadow must handle alone. But Lamont, he's dangerous. You might fail. He might kill you. The shadow won't fail, Margot. But if he should, it's far better that one die than hundreds. Oh, Lamont, please. There must be a safer way. Perhaps, there. Margot, but this is the only sure way to end the career of this mass killer. Oh. Goodbye, my dear. Lamont. Oh, Lamont. Look lively, Connors. Here comes the headquarters car. Yeah, it's Commissioner Weston's car. He's plenty worried about this maniac threatening to kill another batch of people at 11 tonight. Well, you sure have to go out of the theater area to kill him. They won't let anybody in the district here without a police permit. Wait a minute. Here comes a guy. Hey, you! You! Who, who me? Yeah, you. Where do you think you're going? Me? I, I'm going to work. That's where I'm going. You got a permit? You got a badge. See? <laughs> Says I'm a night watchman. I got to go to work. What do you watch? Where do you work? <laughs> I watch things in the ground. Down there. Down where? Down under the street. Down under the planks. Oh, I get it, Bill. He's a night watchman down on the new subway they're building. Oh. Yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> I go down them steps. Every night I go down them steps and watch. Well, why did you say so? Get on with you. Get to your watching. Thank you. <laughs> Joe Tonetti is waiting for me so he can go home. Every night at 10.30, I take from him the job of watching. <laughs> now, that's a job I wouldn't want any part of. Me neither. I'll pound my beat on Joey, Joey Tonetti, Joey, you can go home now. I'm here to watch. Hey, what's the matter? You're half a big speakerback fella. You're five minutes late. I want to go home. Here's the keys to everything now. You watch out. Don't you go to sleep. <laughs> the police don't want to let me come to work, but I show them the badge. <laughs> you can go home now, Joey. I'll, I'll watch everything. Okay. See you in the morning. Goodbye. Goodbye. many people always pushing, pushing me. But I'll show him. I'll fix him good. I'll kill him. That shadow fellow, I'll show him too. <laughs> now, now, now I, I'm alone. <laughs> All alone. Not quite, Anton Spivak. You are not quite alone. I am with you. Huh? Do you hear my voice, Anton? Sure, sure. I, I always hear voices in the dark, on the street, and here under the street where I watch every night. Yes, Anton. But you've never heard my voice before, have you? Well, maybe. I, I, I don't think so. What's different about your voice? It's 
the voice of the shadow. Oh, <laughs> you're a pretty smart voice. <laughs> How'd you find me? Where's that shadow fellow the newspapers talk about? I am more than just a voice, Anton Spivak. I am the shadow. You, you're the shadow? Yes. Where are you hiding? I am hiding under the cloak of invisibility. You cannot see me because I have clouded your mind. So you cannot see that which is here. How did you get down here in this subway excavation? I followed you down the steps. How did you know where to find me? I picked you out of the crowd in the central arcade. <laughs> How did you know I was the one? Your eyes showed me. I knew then how much you hate crowds. My, my eyes show you? Yes. You passed close to me as I stood in the shadows. Hmm? The arcade is narrow. You didn't see me. Hmm. No one saw me. But I saw you. How'd you find out my name? I followed you to the place where you live. I found out you work here. In the tunnels. Oh, then then, then, then you, you followed me here from my home tonight? Yes, Anton Spivak. All the way. Hmm, good, good. <laughs> You're a very clever shadow. But, but, but you must go now and let me do my work. My work. I, I, I ain't got much time. Now, now go quick before I get mad. You're plenty smart. <laughs> I'm glad to know you, Mr. Shadow, but, but no, 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 you have to go. Yes, I'm smart. But you're smarter. <laughs> you bet. Let me stay. I want to learn. You can teach me things. Then maybe we can work together. You hate people, too? Yes. I hate crowds. Let me watch you and learn. All right. I'll let you watch. What are you going to do? Yeah, you just watch. What's in this shed? You see? Dynamite. Sticks and sticks of dynamite. Is this what you use to kill people with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> My precious dynamite. They kill the crowds I hate, see? <laughs> now, look here. Here's a stick of dynamite, all, all refused. There's one, two, three, four, five, and six... Six sticks of dynamite to go with it. <laughs> now you watch. See, Shadow, I, I, I tie them in a bundle. But how do you take that dynamite to the place where you killed all those people? It's a block away. <laughs> how do you carry it? <laughs> that, that's where I'm smarter than you, Mr. Shadow. Show me. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> now, look, look, see, it, it, it's almost 11 o'clock. Now, here, here. You, you see this little hook? I hooked the dynamite to it. Then what, Anton? Wait, wait, you, you, you hear that car overhead on the boards? Yes. Well, if, if the light is red, it will stop right over our heads. Now, now, now listen. There, there, you see? The light is red. Now, now, now I take this crowbar. I go up this ladder. Come on, come on, you come with me. Yes, I am still here. Although you cannot see me. Now, now, you watch. I, I, I pry the end of this plank back. See? 
And I, I, I hook the dynamite on the brake rods. I strike a match. And, and I light the fuse. And, and, when, and when, when, when the light changes, the car takes the dynamite with it. And when the dynamite explodes a block away, I'm still here. While the... Oh, no, 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 no. You, you put out the fuse. You've tricked me. And here is the dynamite. Oh, we took it off the car. It's gone without the dynamite. And I promised I'd kill a lot of people tonight. Now I have to wait. Tomorrow the crowds will be still pushing me. Scaring me. You tricked me. That's what you did. You you tricked me. Where are you, Shadow? Shadow. Come here, Shadow. Nice, Shadow. Nice, Shadow. I'm here, Anton Spivak. Yes, yes, I I hear you. <laughs> nice, Shadow. Come, come close to me. Put down that dynamite, Anton. No, no, Shadow. I light another match. If you touch that match to the fuse, you'll die, too. But I'll kill you, and I don't care. You wouldn't let me kill people... And I don't want to live. I want to die. I want you to die too, Shadow. Wait, Anton. Oh, no, no, no. You blow out my match. Yes, I have a plan. Those thousands of people waiting up the street. Yes? You can kill all those people. Wouldn't that be better than just killing... The two of us. Uh -huh. how, how, how? Tell me Take how. Take your dynamite and come with me. Up the steps. Up to the street. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no there, there, there's policemen out there. I saw them. But they won't see you any more than you can see me. No, 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 no. They will see me. Hypnotize them. Huh? Hypnotize them. Look straight at them. Stare at them. And then they won't be able to see you. No, no, no. I'm afraid. Think of all those people waiting to be killed. Come. Just a few more steps. I am with you. You'll be safe. But I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> All those people waiting to be killed. <laughs> I'll try it. But, but don't you leave me, Shadow, or I'll light the fuse. I'm here, Anton Spivak. Look, there are the two policemen. Uh -huh. Just stare at them hard as you pass, hmm. and they won't see you. All right, I'll, I'll try, I'll try. Well, it's past seven, Connors. Looks like a false alarm this time. Hey, wait a minute. Here's that night watchman. Hey, what's the matter with him? What's he staring at? Look. Look what he's carrying. You can't see me. You can't see me. Dynamite. Grab him. Oh, no, no. Take it away from him. Let me go. Hold it. No, I said no. Yeah, I no. got him. It's I... a mask killer. No, no, no. Oh, he... he lied. He fooled me. He said you couldn't see me. Oh, no, no. Give me my dynamite. I want to kill all those people. Hold him. No. Uh, here's Commissioner Westall. Go. We got him. 
Wait, not the maniac, Chief. Good work. Here, let me look at him. No, no, no. He, he, he tricked me. He, he said you couldn't see me. Where'd he come from? About no. a subway excavation, Commissioner. He's a night watchman. No, no, he, he tricked me. The, the shadow tricked me. Oh. It was the shadow. Yes, Commissioner Weston. The shadow. I found the killer, but the glory is all yours. <laughs> Before we tell you of the shadow's next exciting adventure, here's John Barkley, Blue Coal's famous heating expert, with an important message I promised you. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Barkley. Friends, there are just two more days left in November. That means that homeowners have only two more days in which to phone their blue coal dealers and get the full details on how they may have a blue coal heat regulator installed in their homes for a free trial period of two weeks. To me, this is the most unusual offer ever made. The free use of a blue coal heat regulator for two whole weeks without any obligation on your part to buy. Believe me, friends, until you've used one of these marvelous thermostats, you don't know what real comfort is. Imagine having your home warm and cozy from morning till night without once having to make a trip down to the furnace. And that's not all. You'll find you burn far less coal with this regulator, too. But don't take my word for it. See for yourself. Phone your blue coal dealer tomorrow. I thank you. Friends, for your own sake, do as Mr. Barclay suggests. Phone your blue coal dealer tomorrow and get full details of this amazing free trial offer. Prove to yourself what thousands of satisfied owners already know, that with a blue coal heat regulator, you get more uniform heat, more economical heat than the most expensive oil burner can give you. But don't wait. Phone your blue coal dealer tomorrow. The story you have just heard is copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. The characters in this story are entirely fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Same time, same station. Blue Coal will again present another thrilling adventure of the shadow. Be sure to listen. Your announcer, Arthur Whiteside. From November 1937, Orson Welles was the shadow on tonight's big broadcast. Next up, Inner Sanctum Mysteries with the guest star who is very well known, not just to Inner Sanctum listeners, but one of the key figures in horror movies, Boris Karloff. And certainly he was made for radio with that distinctive voice. Uh, I know he was on many different programs, but 
that voice. It's just, it was perfect, especially for the fall and Halloween time. It's great hearing Boris Karloff. Now, this is one of the earliest Inner Sanctum programs I've been able to uncover. It's from August 3rd, 1941. Yes, the sound is a little crunchy, but you're going to enjoy this. Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart, Inner Sanctum, on the big broadcast. Boris Karloff on Inner Sanctum Mystery. Brought to you by the makers of Carter's Pills. Good evening, friends. And let me welcome you once more to the Inner Sanctum. This is Raymond, your host. Come in, won't you, and sit down? No, no, I'm not being polite. I'd prefer you to sit, you see. Because within the next five minutes, you're going to be so weak in the knees that you won't be able to stand. <laughs> Inner Sanctum Mysteries again has the pleasure of bringing you the famous star of radio, screen, and stage, now featured in the current Broadway success, Arsenic and Old Lace, Boris Karloff. This evening, Mr. Karloff appears in Robert Newman's dramatization of Edgar Allan Poe's famous story, The Telltale Heart, presented for your entertainment by the makers of Carter's Little Liver Pill, the best friend to your sunny disposition. Story based on a tale by the greatest master of the macabre that ever lived, Edgar Allan Poe. The story of a man who could hear not only every sound on earth, but uh, even things that don't exist. So, turn down the lights, call in a friend or neighbor to keep you company, and listen to Boris Karloff as Simon in a telltale heart. It's early evening. The sun is just setting behind a range of low hills. On top of the nearest hill is a huge rambling building surrounded by park-like grounds. A road winds from its gates down to the little village below. Down this road comes a man. He's tall, gaunt, his hair snow white. He's so busy with his spot that he doesn't see the small dark man who sits by the roadside. But just as he is about to pass him... Good evening. Huh? Oh, why, good evening. Nice evening, isn't it? Nice? Why, it's the most wonderful, perfect evening. I'll never know this side of heaven. You don't say. And you can't know what it's like to feel as if you've just risen from the dead. As if your tomb was opened. And you were told that you could return to the world that you knew and loved. Can't I? You can't. You see, my name is Simon. I was a musician. Two years ago, I went stone deaf. Suddenly. Completely. Do you know what deafness means to a musician? It's like dying. Or worse, like dying and knowing that you're dead. Oh, I went to doctors, but they could do nothing for me. And, but finally... One of them sent me to see the doctor who has the place up on the hill here. Dr. Adair? Yes, Dr. Adair. He kept me with him for six months, and now... Now I'm going home again. 
He cured you? You can hear? Hear? Listen. Listen hard. And tell me what you can hear right now. Nothing very much. The wind. Cricket. <laughs> Cricket and the wind. Do you know what I can hear? I can hear the grass growing. The sap rising in the trees. I can hear the stars moving in their courses. I can hear things that no man ever heard before. Now, do you know why I said that this was the most wonderful evening that ever was? Yes, Simon. But I knew why before. You see, I just left the place up on the hill myself. You left there? You mean... When I was taken there, I was blind. Oh. Your eyes, yes, I... I hadn't noticed before, but they are strange. Shall we walk on together? Simon? Uh, just where did you plan to go? Well, I've been thinking about that for weeks now. All the weeks when I couldn't leave my room. I must get used to being able to hear again. Gradually. From my window, I could see an old mill. Just this side of the village. Yes, it's... It's deep in the woods, deserted. There's moss on the water wheel, and the door hangs open by one hinge. You mean that, that you can see it from here? My eyes have become as good as your hearing. You thought of going there, living there? For a while, until I was ready to return to the world. Oliver, why don't you come with me? Then when we are both ready, we can go back together to the world. Yes. I could do that. Think of what it's going to mean, how much we're going to be able to help people. You with your sight and I with my hearing. Help them? <laughs> yes. Yes, of course. All right, Simon. We'll go to your old mill. This way, Oliver. Up this path. What? Someone's coming. The farmer here. He seems to be looking for something. Good evening. I'm looking for my cow. Have you seen her? Well, what kind of a cow is she? A brown and a white one with a crooked horn. Wait. I hear her. She's grazing in a field on the other side of the woods. Hear her? That's almost a mile from here. I have good ears. Good. You must have ears like a fox. But that field, that's the squire's. How did she get there? You think someone took her? Who would? Well, it's the squire's land, but he's the richest man around here. Why should he have taken my cow? Wait a minute. Ah, let me see. Yes. Yes, I do see someone with your cow. He's just leaving her. You, you can see that? Right through the woods? I have good eyes. Who is it? What's he like? Is he tall, wearing a brown jacket? Yes. I knew it. It's the squire. He's trying to steal my cow. I'd better go get her. Thank you very much. Perhaps I'll see you both again. Perhaps. We'll both be staying around here for a while there in the old mill. Why did you tell him that, Oliver? Did you really see the squire taking his cow? I saw what he wanted me to see. What do you mean? He hates the squire because the squire's rich and he's poor. But, but what? Never mind, Simon. Shall we go on to the mill? Mm -hmm. 
here we are. And it's just the way I knew it would be. Quiet, peaceful, no noises, just sound. And even those are dulled by the waterfall. It's just the way I knew it would be, too. Dark, dank. The home of the rats and spiders. We'll be happy living here with them. Happy with rats and spiders? Why? Because they're like me. Rats see in the dark. And spiders spin webs. I don't understand you, Oliver. Must you always see the worst, the most evil side of everything? Always. But why? Don't you love people? Don't you think that this is a good world? A good world when I was blind for more than two years? But whose fault was that? What difference does that make? I was blind. And did anyone care that I was? No. Love people? I hate them. But, Oliver, that's wrong. You've no right to hate anyone or anything. What's that? The sound like wings, like... Yes, there it is, there. A swallow. Why, it's frightened, trying to get out. Why, it's beating itself against the wall and... Oh, poor thing, it's, it's hurt itself. Fallen to the ground. I'd better catch it. Is it badly hurt? No, I, I don't think so. Oh, just this one wing. Here, let's see. Perhaps we can uh, put a splint on it, heal it. Do you think so? Here. Here, Oliver. But be gentle. It's still terribly frightened. I will. I will. Oh, Oliver! What are you doing to doing, that bird? Doing blood, you... Why, oh, you crushed the swallow, killed it. I so I have. You... You killed it deliberately. You think so? I told you we all have some badness deep inside us. Even you. Here you are ready to believe the worst of me, that I'd wantonly crush her... A harmless little sparrow to death and... Simon. What is it? I... I don't know, but there's something in your face. Something that wasn't there before. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going up to bed. Simon! Simon, wait! It wasn't he that was blind. It was I, I. Oh, he's bad. Evil, clean through. He's like one of the spiders he loves so much, lurking here and spinning cunning webs to catch innocent people in. And what he saw in my face just now, there was something there. Something that wasn't there before. Death. Why did this have to happen to me? I was so happy just a little while ago. I loved everyone, the whole world. And now, now I have to kill him. And here I am, friend, Raymond, your host in the inner sanctum, who also loves everyone. So, Simon has decided he must murder his companion. Not because he wants to, but in order to keep him from spreading the hate and evil he seems to love. <laughs> That's a charming idea. But... If Oliver's eyes are as good as he says they are, good enough to see death in Simon's face, how will he be able to do it, hmm? Quite a problem, isn't it? Well, Raymond, everyone has problems. It's the answer that counts. It certainly does, Mr. Hurley, in a mystery drama. Yes, and in a domestic drama, too. 
If you don't believe it, listen to what Agnes Vale says to her husband at the dinner table. Oh, Bob, you haven't said a word about the cake, and I baked it especially for your birthday. After 30, no one wants to be reminded of birthdays. Oh, that's silly. Besides, a person's only as old as they feel. Well, if that was the case, I'd be about 60. You mean 90. No one could save up the grouch you've gotten only 60 years. If you felt as irritable, low, and out of sorts as I have lately, you'd be grouchy, too. Of course I would. Anybody would. So the thing to do is not to feel that way. What can anyone do about it? Very simple, my dear. Try Carter's Little Liver Pills. Right. And when you don't feel good, try Carter's Little Liver Pills. They do the work of calomel but have no calomel in them. For they are simple pills made of vegetable drugs. They wake up the flow of one of our most vital digestive juices. When this vital juice flows at the rate of two pints a day, it helps to digest our food and bring back the glorious feeling that goes with regularity. Then most folks feel like happy days are here again. But be sure you get the genuine Carter's Little Liver Pill. Well, friends, are you sorry I advised you to sit down before? I thought not. You still want me to go on with the story of the Telltale Heart? Very well. It's a little later that same evening... And Simon is sitting in the upper story of the old deserted mill, waiting, listening. Sleep, Oliver, sleep. Aren't you ever going to sleep? Oh, I know you're lying down. I heard you getting undressed. I even heard the thread snap when you pull that button off your shirt. But you're not asleep yet. I can tell by your breathing, the way your heart's beating. And that's what I must wait for. The time when you're really asleep. When you close those hawk eyes that can see even in the dark. That could read murder in my face when I didn't know it was there myself. Wait a minute. There. Now you're asleep. And now I must go. Easy with the door. Careful. And even more careful going down the stairs. Shh. Don't creak like that. Suppose he wakes. No, he can't. He won't wake up. He can't. And, and even if he does. Uh, here we are. The door to his room. How shall I do it? Sacks he's using as a pillow. I pulled them out and held them over his face and smothered him. That's it, yes. And then I wouldn't have to touch him. I wouldn't. Who's there? Who's there? There is someone there. I can see you. It's Simon. Yes, it's Simon. What do you want? What are you doing here? I know you've come to kill me. Yes, Oliver. I've come to kill you. Philip. You can't do that. You can't. You can't. Yes, Oliver, I can. And I have to. Oh, please don't struggle like that. I'm stronger than you are. You can't get away from me. You can't. You can't. That noise. Hear it? It's your heart beating, pounding, driving the blood through your veins. Slowly now, slower and fainter, running down like a tired clock. 
And I'm not going to let you go until it's stopped. So don't struggle. Don't struggle, please. Just a few seconds more. Uh, I can hardly hear it now. Just a faint, throbbing murmur. Uh, and now, even that's gone. Yes, it's it stopped. And you're dead. Oliver, listen. I didn't want to do it. I didn't, but I had to. You were only interested in hurting people. That's why I had to do it. And that's why I'm not going to give myself up or confess that I killed you. Because I could still help people. You understand, don't you? That's why I must get rid of your body. Hide it somewhere. Oh, what am I to do with you? I know. I'll keep you here. Tear up the floor and hide you underneath it. Yeah. Let's see now. This, this crowbar. Yeah. This one here. There. That should be big enough. And now, in you go. Goodbye, Oliver. Goodbye. Just put these boards back. Nail them down again with the same rusty nails. And, and it's done. Now I'll spread this dust over the cracks. No one will be able to tell what I've done. No, not even with your eyes. If you could still use them. What's that? A light. A lantern outside. Someone at the door. Maybe Christie's come back again. Yes? Who is it? It's Trent, the constable. The constable? What, what do you want? Oh, nothing much. Thought I'd drop in. Say hello. Come in, constable. Come right in. Thanks. Great time of night to be visiting, but I heard there were strangers living out here, and I thought I might... Why, of course. It's part of your job to investigate strangers, isn't uh-huh. it? In a way. Not that you're a stranger, exactly. What do you mean? You've been around here for some time, haven't you? Up at Dr. Adair's place in the hill, I mean? Oh, yes, yes, of course. I, I just left there this afternoon. Uh-huh. And your friend, where is he? Sleeping? Friend? Why, there's no one here with me. I'm all alone. But the doctor said... You mind if I look around? No, of course not. Not that I doubt your word or anything like that. Oh, no, but... don't apologize, Constable. Go right ahead. <laughs> Well, Constable? Certainly no sign of anyone else. Well, I told you so. Yes, you did. Now, I'll just sit down here for a minute. My pipe's going. No, no, not there. Don't sit there. Why not? Because, uh... <laughs> well, it, it was just that the floor looked a little rotten right there, and, and I was afraid that... Oh, I, I guess it's all right. Sure. Strong enough to hold me, anyway. Don't stop it me. Is. I can't you. Good heavens. What's that? What's what? That. That sobbing. That noise. Beating away like... I don't hear any noise. But you must. You... Ah. Oh, those ears of mine. 
Sometimes they're too good. It's just your watch ticking. Watch? I haven't got a watch on me. You... you haven't? But then what? Oh, look, Constable. I, I could use a bit of exercise. Suppose I walk you back to the village. Well, that's mighty nice of you. I'm glad to have your company. But there's no hurry, is there? Just let's sit here for a while. And... I don't want to sit. Constable, will you come now? Now, this minute, if you don't, I'll have... I don't know what I'll do. Hey, you have gotten yourself into a state. Anything the matter? Oh, no, no, of course not. It's... Oh, it's just that I get nervous, restless, and... You won't mind if I... If I walk up and down right here, will you? If it'll make you feel any better, go ahead. Thank you. This floor, it, uh, it is noisy, isn't it? It isn't noisy enough. Constable, this... This lever here, I, I've been wondering about it. What's it for, do you know? Uh, yes, I think it opens the sluice. Starts the mill wheel turning. It does, then. Then let's try it. See if it still works. There. Yeah, it works all right. Quite a racket, too. Still not loud enough still. Constable, by heaven's sake, will you come now and leave here with me? If you don't, I'll go back. Look, look, there's no need to get so excited. Why, if I'm not excited, I'm perfectly calm and quiet. Will you come now right away? But I told you. I know what you're doing. Sitting there, pretending you haven't heard, making me stay here and listen to it, beating louder and louder and louder. All right, I confess. I killed him. I killed him! His body is right underneath you, under the floor. I killed him! And that noise you hear is his heart. The beating of his telltale heart. Hello, Dr. Adair. Oh, Constable, hello. Well, did you find them? Yes, Doctor. I'm glad. Some of my boys will be bringing the other one, Oliver, along in a little while. Bringing him? Is matter with him? Well, sort of. They were in the old mill by the river. Simon had evidently tried to kill Oliver, but he hadn't done a good job of it. He nailed him up underneath the floor. And uh, when we got him out, he was unconscious. He's still pretty weak. I see, yes. Bring Simon in, will you? Sure. All right, Simon. In here. Yes, Constable. Now, uh, turn him around so that he's facing me. That's it. Well, hello, Simon. Hello, Doctor. Simon, why did you run away from here this afternoon? Run away? I didn't run away. I left. What need was there for me to stay when I was cured? Oh, and uh, what you did, or uh, rather tried to do, to Oliver? Ah, uh, that was wrong. I know it was wrong, but but I had to do it. He was bad, Doctor, bad. He hated everyone, wanted to hurt them, and I couldn't let him. You know, it's strange, Constable. Two men, both mental cases because of a sudden affliction. But... While Oliver's blindness made him hate, Simon's deafness filled him with love for all mankind. Deafness? You mean he's deaf? But, but, but when you talk to him, he answers you. 
Yes. He reads lips. That's why I had you turn him around, so he was facing me. But he's stone deaf. He will never hear again. What's that you're saying? Deaf? But I'm not deaf. Why, there's no one can hear better than I. No one. I heard everything when I left here. Things no man has ever heard before. The song of the swan. The breathing of the fish. Why, I even heard the beating of Oliver's heart. After I'd killed him. Yes, Simon, of course. I'm not deaf, I tell you. I'm not. I'm not. Simon did hear all the things he said he did, even the beating of the telltale heart, and not with his ears, but with something else deep inside his poor, sick brain. Uh, speaking of telltale hearts, oh, I'm sorry, it's not a heart at all, it's just Mr. Herlihy's knees knocking together. And if you think you're kidding, Raymond, you're crazy. Oh, I'm not kidding, Ed, and Mr. Carlos audiences, that's the equivalent of applause, since everyone's generally much too scared to show the usual approval with their hands. So we won't take any chances. We'll just use words and say, thanks, Boris Karloff, for your splendid performance of tonight's dramatization of Pose the Telltale Heart. It was a pleasure, Raymond, to be able to bring our friends one of the world's most famous stories. And I'm very grateful to Everett Sloan as Oliver and Santos Ortiaga, who played Christie, for the help they gave me. So now I suggest that you listen to Ed Herlihy, who has some helpful advice for which you may be very grateful. This is Raymond again, your host, getting ready to close that door to the inner sanctum and say goodnight until the same time next week. Uh, in the meantime, if you care to do a little bloodthirsty reading, try this month's inner sanctum novel, I'll Eat You Last, by H.C. Brandon. Uh, in case you've already read that, why not try some of the other stories by the author of tonight's mystery drama? Edgar Allan Poe. According to all critics, this writer has quite a future. Oh, good night. Pleasant dreams, huh? Eater's Thanks to Mysteries will be on the air again next Sunday night, same station, same time, with another chiller for thriller fans. So be with us then. This is Ed Hurley, speaking for the makers of Carter's Little Liver Pills and reminding you, when you don't feel good... Try Carter's Little Liver Pills, the best friend to your sunny disposition. This is the Blue Network of the National Broadcasting Company. A classic short story and a great radio program tonight, The Telltale Heart, starring none other than Boris Karloff, Inner Sanctum Mysteries on tonight's big broadcast. Coming up in the next hour... Damned if I know... It's a surprise package on tonight's big broadcast as Mark starts rummaging through the audio files and seeing what we can dig up. So well, let's just say uh, <laughs> stay tuned for more big broadcasts. Do not be alarmed. You and your radio have entered a time warp, and it's known as the big broadcast.